Genre. Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we investigate the gunfights, car chases, and proper action of Hot Fuzz one minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez. And today we're about to go off on minute 15, which begins with uh, Nicholas continuing to process uh, the, the, the terrible youths, the troublesome youths, and uh, ends with, uh, with Skinner running away from Angel. So uh, we've got a guest again. Welcome back, uh, Benjamin White. Hello. Thanks Hello. for having me back. Yeah. Uh, we have got, uh, we've got a lot of character introductions in this one. Um, but let's... It's a big uh, minute. Look. Yeah, this is a pretty big minute. But uh, let's, let's get into our um, conehead here. Uh, Gregory Carter is what I'm going to call him. G. Carter. Gregory. He looks like a Gregory. This kid. Um, but uh, I also want to... So, so he's got the cone on his head, and it's, it's disrupting um, a, a uh, correct height measurement for, uh, for, for Nicholas, and he, he rips it off of his head. How dare he stand here in a place of law wearing separate. that ridiculous thing? Um, I don't even know why he brought him in wearing that cone. It just seems like he should have left it where it was. It's like he just remembered that he's wearing it. Yeah. Uh, but I do need to point out that uh, on the left side of the of the um, the height measurement where they're taking the pictures, there is actually uh, tea and coffee orders um, for uh, all of the uh, the police officers in uh, in in the station. We have. Uh, uh, and how they basically how they take their tea and or coffee. So Frank Butterman takes his tea and coffee both with milk. We have Andy Wainwright takes his tea with co- with milk, but his coffee black. Both of the Andys actually take their tea with milk and their coffee black. Uh, Walker apparently takes his his tea very milky, is what it says. <laughs> um, very milky, and then milk in his coffee. Uh, Danny takes it, his tea with, um, with milk and two sugars, coffee black with three sugars. And, uh, Doris that Thatcher takes her tea black, but her coffee with milk and, uh, Fisher takes his tea with milk and one sugar and does not drink coffee, which is, uh, which, uh, checks out. Yeah. Yeah. So boy, I don't like very milky. I don't like that. Very at all. milky. <laughs> Very milky. Oh boy. Yeah. What does that mean? I don't know. Does that is he one of those weirdos who put put puts uh, milk in Instead first? Of water? No, puts it in first. Oh yeah, you, maybe you start with the base of milk, a maybe? little bit of water, maybe. Then you put the tea bag in. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't that that just the idea of like the tea bag going into a milky substance does not sound good to me. It's uh, it's not it's not my favorite thing. Mm-hmm. It's not my favorite thing. I don't know. Um, but is this, normal? Uh, is this normal for an office? What having that up? Yeah, I don't know. 
I, I, I guess if you make a, if you do a regular, if it's a regular thing that you do, but then again, isn't the, um, isn't the one officer who sort of like takes charge on the, uh, on the, uh, swear jar. Isn't he the one that does like the, doesn't he kind of like do a lot of that stuff? And he seems kind of organized. So That's maybe, true. So maybe this is just something he's developed for his system. Cause yeah. He's, he's like the guy that always gets coffee. Right. Yeah. Also, there's only seven of them. It's really not that hard to keep track. Yeah. Well, maybe he just doesn't want to forget. You know, just like uh, always has a cheat sheet. He's he needs the crutch. I I love this uh, transitionary bit from him, uh, just in bed staring at the ceiling. You know, crushing that. I don't. What do you call that thing? The thing that you use to like sort of like strengthen your grip. Mm-hmm. Oh God, I'd I'd hope that you y'all had looked that up because I, I forgot. I, I, I just decided to call it grippy thing. Yeah, the grippy thing. Great he's transition. Able to, he's able to do it with such pathos, like <clears throat> the, the look that he's staring up at the ceiling. Well, there's two great per- transitions here because there's the great transition from him doing paperwork, uh, grimacing and shaking his hand, and then immediately to him exercising said hand with. The thing that none of us bothered to look up what it was called, but the grippy thing. Yeah. So apparently it is called a crush trainer. Mm, that's oh. way weirder than I thought it would be. Yeah. That's pretty cool sounding, actually. Yeah. It's a crush trainer. Okay. Uh, train yourself to crush your enemy skulls, I guess. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I love that, that transition of like, of him not being like his, 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 uh, his pajamas are like neatly folded on the bed. And, yeah. and I also love that his like casual wear mm-hmm. is still like a collared shirt. Yeah. Yeah, for right. sure. Well, isn't that, isn't that what he wore in the Academy when he was training? Right. right. So yeah, he, yeah. he, that's all he's got. He is living his best life. Yeah, for sure. He loves his job. Except that he's not in London. <laughs> sure. He was living his best life. He, Nicholas Angel, has it all. You know, he's I, in a town full of fucking murderers. The, the, the thing that I'm really struck by is, um, you know, no, I mean, Nicholas Angel, he works today. So he's getting this run in before he has to be at work. What time does a police officer's shift start? I would have assumed 6 a.m., and so I, I would assume that this is like really early, but like everybody's up and out and going. Or, you know, what time did he get in? What time was he done with all that paperwork? Like three, four in the morning? Oh, uh, yeah, maybe that's true. So how long has he slept? What's he running on? Not running on, but how much sleep is he running on? Probably not a lot. Man. Not a lot. I don't think he drinks coffee. How much, how much is he literally running, running on? Yeah. Um, it's inhuman. It, I mean, yeah, he's a robot. Um, a robot who doesn't know how to switch off. <laughs> He's the cop who can't be stopped. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I just, I, I really like how friendly everybody is to him, greeting him as he comes in. Already knowing that he's sergeant. Yeah, and he is, he is very off-put by this whole, this whole village because that's not how London works. No. Um, well, this is all very interesting. Um because everyone is standing exactly mm-hmm. in the same position that they will be standing in at a certain scene. Right. At the end of the movie. Yeah. We get to see Reverend Shooter. We get to see the 
Fowler slash, uh, what's the name? They have two different names in the, uh, the, the Fowlers in one, in one bit and the Prossers in the credits, which is something. Oh. I don't know why that happened. I, I think once they, at the police station, they're listed as the Fowlers and then that's Greg and Cherie. Uh, one of them was an extra in Straw Dogs, but yeah, yeah, you know, it is interesting that they're all in their they're they're all in their spots. It's, uh, you know, it's almost like uh, they're like having a dry run or something. Yep, uh, which is uh, which is pretty great. It's like, yeah, I mean, you know, there's a very good chance we're gonna have to take care of this guy, and let's. Let's figure out. It's like it's like uh, it's like evac training or it, something. It, it, well, it recontextualizes them all greeting him. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's like yeah, the facade is we're friendly, but it's really like okay, let's size this guy up that we're probably gonna have to murder. Oh, for sure, for sure. I also just love the this sort of setup here where they're all saying good morning to him, and then at the and then at the end he says morning. He's the one that greets them. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, which great. is really really great. Um, the village looks beautiful. It does. Got to hand it to him. It, it it very much looks like uh, just like a really quaint English uh, English village. It's also always uh, a little bigger than I I anticipate. Right. Every time I watch it, like like Sanford is like not small. No, no. You know. Yeah. No. When 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 you see that really great aerial shot at the beginning of the of, of Nicholas running, it really is a decent sized village. Yeah. For sure. Wow. It's really interesting. Um, but, uh, you know, good for him getting a, getting a run in, getting a jog in. Oh, before yeah. Work. I mean, hey, you don't, uh, that, 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 that's the, that's the regiment that's going to keep him, uh, keeping up a cruise in a few years. Yeah. That's true. Very true. Um, but, uh, yeah. So we get introduced to, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of characters. We do. Um, and I'm not going to get into any of it. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, there, there's, uh, there, there's a lot of them, and they're gonna, they're gonna play much they, larger roles. And they each later. deserve research on the level of, you know, I want to do at least as much research as I did on Billy Whitelaw. You know, which oh is yeah, for sure, a ton. But I would hate to just be like, and that's, oh, that's Timothy Dalton. Oh, for sure. But in, but, but that's the thing. It's like that's, that's the one that, uh, that uh, sticks out. I think is uh, Mr. Timothy Dalton. Sure. Um, you know, classically trained actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Bond, previous James Bond. You know, there's a... I have an interesting story about um, Timothy Dalton as James Bond because when I was growing up, I saw a... Uh, I saw a movie, like, when I was young, I saw this movie that was like a... I thought it was a James Bond movie. It was in the 80s. It was about a... a like a... Like a... It was like a... It was like a high school trip on a, like a ski trip. And like, there's like a, there's like a spy thing and it's very much like a riff on James Bond. And I literally thought for the longest time that it was one of Timothy Dalton's James Bond movies. And that's why people didn't like him as James Bond was because his movie was like, right. It was like, Oh, they, they turned James Bond to a comedy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then it wasn't until later that I found out that that was, uh, that was a, a movie called Dress to, Dress to Kill, I think, or oh, something, or Looks to Kill, or something like that. Um, but it was it was like a riff on it on James Bond, and it was like a it was basically like what if Ferris Bueller was a spy? Um, 
And uh, like Agent was, Cody Banks. Yeah. Well, no, Agent Cody Banks wasn't a slacker or a cool kid. He was like a big old like meaning nerd, I think. Yeah. 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 No, this was this was like if Ferris Bueller was like actually a spy. Got it. Um, and did spy stuff while on a ski trip mm-hmm. with his classmates. Life comes at you fast. Yeah. So does a bullet. Yeah, right. So, so I always, that's what I always associated T- Timothy Dalton's uh, James Bond for the longest time, Timothy Dalton's James Bond movies with that. Um, but, uh, yeah, those are not his movies. Uh, but, you know, it, he would have, he would have been a great James Bond. Gotta give him that. If, if he had had some like good James Bond movies to star in, I think he would have been great. I recently rewatched all the Bond movies last year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, over the course of a year, and I, I, I actually had a lot of fun with the Timothy Dalton ones. Really? Yeah. I just think they're like overly dark and violent. Mm, but, yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, like Simon Skinner. Simon Skinner, member of the Sanford Fun Runners. Yeah. So also okay. a man who knows how to get a run in. That's true. And uh, I, I, you know, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to question him on uh, this whole uh, discounts thing at uh, at his at his grocery store. I don't think his. Gr- I don't think they have good discounts because why would a village out in the middle of nowhere have a grocery store that had good discounts? Like, why would they need that? Sure, they're the only. Uh, they're the only. There's no competition. But also, who loves who loves sales? Who loves grocery store sales? I don't know. Old people. Old people. Who okay. Loves Sanford. Old people. All right. Fair enough. That's how he. You know, if he were to suddenly be like, you know. If you were to jack up the prices, all the old people would be like, I don't like that, Mr. Skinner. Yeah, I guess that's true. You never know. You don't want to rock. I mean, he's, he's, the, he's the head honcho, but you never know. You don't want to rock the boat too hard. I guess that's true. Um, but, uh, uh, brief note on the Village Green Preservation Society, uh, the needle drop song heard when uh, Nicholas is running through the garden. Uh, it's from the uh, album The Kings Are the Village Green Preservation Society. Uh, <laughs> number 225 on Rolling Stone's list of 500 greatest albums of all time, but the album did not sell well upon its release in 1969. Uh, it only sold about 100,000 copies. And it's a concept album about, get this, uh, the idealized, sometimes, some would say, never existed uh, English countryside nostalgia. You know, yeah. Opining for a time past. Oh. Things were simpler in the village green. Things were better. Let's get away from modern life. Let's get away from the scariness and let's go back to the simple. And like it's tongue in cheek in the context of the record, mm-hmm. but it is coming from a place of uh, of earnestness of like, God, I kind of. But he realizes that, you know, the, the songwriter realizes that the Village Green maybe never really existed or was never that great. But in your mind, it's everyone has one. It's amazing to me that, you know, all of the songs in this movie, like I can't imagine this movie with any other songs. Mm hmm. But, like, to also pick out songs that, like, set up the plot in yeah. that way, like, like sort of, like, go back to, to the themes of the movie, mm-hmm. um, that's just incredible to find, like, the perfect song that also does that. <laughs> right. Uh, it's yeah. amazing. It's amazing. And it, and it really speaks to, you know, Edgar Wright's, you know, musical catalog in his brain. Oh, for in, sure. Coming in the handy just like his, uh, his film brain. For sure. Yeah. Um... Do we want to talk about Super Marche? <laughs> so yeah, let's let's do it. So I mean, is that kind of the same thing behind you know calling Target like Target? Target is it kind of being like I I assume so. Is it like faux humility? Yeah, is it like he heard someone say Target and he's like, oh, that's great, and then just was like, oh, I work at the local Super Marche. Well, that's the thing is like maybe Marche is a thing over there. Oh, like it's a thing people say. I don't know, okay. but uh, but yeah, it kind of it just hits me as like the same. 
kind of like yeah like faux bougie yeah yeah like uh god or it just i feel like regular people do that a lot where it's like welcome to the palace and it's like just a house right the ch- your chariot awaits and it's just like a car right <laughs> that kind of thing <laughs> Uh, did you have any? Uh, did you have any uh, stores, uh, Benjamin? That that uh, you or people you knew would like try and class up with like classier sounding names. You know, I un- honestly never heard that up until people started doing that in the jokey way for Target. Yeah, probably jokey. I don't know. Everyone either hates it or pretends they don't hate it. I don't know what they're doing with that. <laughs> it's so, one of the, it's definitely one of those jokes for sure. I mean, we I grew up the the our grocery store was Kroger um growing mm-hmm. up and no one ever ever called it Kroger. They called it Kroger's even though there is no apostrophe in it. Yep. It's just Kroger. Yep. Uh, I don't yep. know what region. Uh, we we also I I had I had uh, I had Kroger as well and everyone did that. They also did it to Marsh, which was Marshes. They would call it yep. Marshes. I wonder Marshes. I guess it's just because a lot of uh, department stores like Penny's had apostrophe, et cetera. Et cetera. Yeah, that's true. Um, but uh, Super Mar- Mar- Marche is uh, that's new. That's new to me. It's a very funny pronunciation. That's yeah, for sure. it is. It really tells you a lot about him upon meeting <laughs> him. Uh, just to throw that throw that out there, I work at the local Super Marche. <laughs> this is no. This is an astonishing intro scene yeah uh he just comes in and just barrels in with the home walks away with the whole movie yeah just i mean he 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 barrels in here and does the um does the whole like lock me up i'm a slasher and like that whole that whole thing which is just so i mean it's just like we were talking about about uh the the redheaded kid just like throwing his dick around Mm -hmm. and like no one throws his dick around in this movie like like simon skinner like simon skinner yeah just like but yeah immediately first thing just like dicks with a cop in the morning yeah like i'm not scared of you yeah lock me up i'm telling you what i did he does like the bro masculine thing where it's like the really aggressive uh, shoulder slap oh for sure like i'm your alpha Right, like the president tries to do it, but he can't because of his small, shitty hands. Right, 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 right. Absolutely. But yeah, it's 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 a classic. It's a classic dick swinging move. Yeah. And Simon Simon Skinner knows how to do it. Yeah, he does. He does. Um, is uh, do we ever meet uh Skinner's wife? Is he married? No. No. My instinct just tells me no. (laughs) This the Sanford is his everything. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I mean, I'd venture a guess that he's probably, maybe, maybe he's with uh, his like assistant in the back. Oh well, he probably gets around. I mean, he yeah. probably has like he's probably had relationships with women in Sanford, but I don't think he's I don't think he has a partner. I don't okay, think he has like a wife or anything. Yeah, I, I don't know if you get a good look at his finger. If he has a wedding ring. Look at his finger. <laughs> look at his finger. Um. Yeah. I mean, it's it's blurry. It keeps popping up in the frame. <laughs> yeah, but he's running. Yeah, <laughs> he's running. So doesn't quite work. Um. But uh, yeah. I just I love I love the you know catch me later and just like <laughs> the joy. Yeah. Yeah. He just he bounds off of the screen. Yeah. Away. Uh, poor Nicholas. He he doesn't know what just hit him. <laughs> he has no idea. He's so overwhelmed. I I just I love the idea. Uh. Didn't we? 
didn't we talk about this at one point or, or was this was this on the show where we talked about remember that meme going around where it was um name a movie that uh you know, where uh, you would replace the whole that would that the movie would be improved if you replaced the whole cast with Muppets but left uh, one human. Yeah, and you said hot fuzz. Yeah. I said I said hot fuzz, and I'd keep Timothy Dalton <laughs> as human, and yeah. everyone else would be would be a Muppet, and Nicholas Angel would be Kermit the Frog for sure. Sure. Um, and they even have that great joke about like him wanting to be yeah, a Muppet. I love it. I love it when they make Kermit do full body human stuff. Yeah, like, like running or riding a bike. Yeah. Dancing. Oh, it's always so creepy, but like in a satisfying way. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but anyway, that's that's what that's what this reminded me of. Like his 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 look of his constant looks of confusion and <laughs> exasperation. It just like, reminds me of Kermit the wait, Frog. The thing Kermit does where he's just he's just kind of shaking. It yeah. Oh, oh, poor. Yeah. So nervous. With his little mouth retreats. Anyway. But uh, okay. you'd have to keep Timothy Dalton because no, no Muppet could do Simon Skinner justice. Yeah, sure. No. I mean, and, and, and just the <laughs> instant comedy of, of Timothy Dalton being taller than any Muppet. Yeah, and being surrounded by running, running a town of Muppets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, know. Anyway, Super Marche. <laughs> Skinner the Slasher. Skinner the Slasher. Um. All right. Well, any any uh, closing thoughts on uh, on on Hot Fuzz, Benjamin? Before we uh, let you go. Um. I've, I've, I I just it's. I think I said already. I could watch it unlimited times. Uh, mm-hmm. It's one of uh, a couple movies that I could just basically any, literally any time I could just watch it and feel good about it. And find something new to laugh at. So it's uh, very, very good. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, near perfect film. It needs more women. But other than that, it's a perfect film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, it's, uh, oh. it's, it's great. We're, we've, been, we've been introduced to basically the whole town at this point. I mean, there's not a lot of people missing. Well, the cops. Right, just the cops. Yeah. Right, that's that's next week. Yes. We get to meet all the cops next week, and then we'll have a full deck. Oh yeah, it's gonna be great. Yeah, it's interesting. They they introduce all of the villains before they introduce the any the of, allies. Any of the yeah, any of the uh, the NPCs. Yeah, the NPCs. Oh man. Um. All right. Well, uh, Benjamin, thank you for uh, joining us. Do you have anything that you'd like to plug before we let you go? Well, I don't really have anything that. I particularly do, but I could plug my wife's podcast. Uh, she does a podcast about the TV show Quantum Leap. Uh, however, instead of doing it from the beginning of uh, the show, season one, episode one to the end, she went and figured out the dates to which Sam Beckett leapt to and did them in that order. So the first episode covers season five episode something or other the weird one where he leapt into his great great grandfather in the civil war right and then ended up watching the season finale before the series premiere (laughs) and there are a couple of uh like three parters or sequel parts where they've been watching in all different kinds of crazy orders because Mm. 
that's just the year that they took place. Right. So, that's interesting. Yeah. Well, I love uh, I love uh, Quantum Leap, and uh, that's a that's a really cool way to uh, program that show. And uh, I that's that's uh, that's that's really interesting. I'm gonna have to check out this podcast for sure. Oh, I I don't think I actually mentioned it's called Beckett to the Future. Beckett kind to of the like Future. Back to the that's Future, great. but with yeah, the Sam Beckett's name. That's with two T's well, and not uh, because the uh, <clears throat> someone spelled it wrong in the. Season finale, so or series finale. Well, Nick and I are very familiar with Back to the Future. Uh, sure, having, having done three hundred forty-five yeah. episodes of Back to the Future Minute, so uh, yeah, that's a that's a great title. That's a great title. <laughs> Love that. Um, did uh, kudos to your wife if she's the one that thought of that. Kudos to her. Um, all right. Well, uh, thanks for uh, being on the show, Benjamin. Um, and uh, listeners, if uh, you want to uh, support the show and support all of the shows at DuelingGenre.com, you want to go to DuelingGenre.com slash support. There you will find our Patreon page. And uh, all we don't ask for much. All we ask for is $3 a month. Uh, and you will get uh, all of the sort of podcast bonus content that we put out on our Patreon, which is about like two, two to three things a week. Um, typically, so uh, it's a lot of bonus content, and you get all of that for three dollars a month. Big back catalog, yeah, very huge, uh, huge back catalog of stuff. So if you haven't ever been a Patreon supporter, uh, there is a lot of stuff on there for you to get uh, for your first month at three dollars. And we try to keep most of it evergreen. Yeah, yeah, most of it is very evergreen. Um, there's like a couple of like random things that we experiment with and things like, like, like reviews, Revi- like well, reviews. And like, we did that one episode about trailers, where right? We did yeah. Trailers. That's not super evergreen, but for the most part, everything like hey, 99 hey, they pushed battle angel, I lead back. So I mean, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Um, but yeah, 99% of it is uh, evergreen and can be enjoyed at any time. So go to duelinggenre.com slash support and become a Patreon supporter. Uh, and if you just have a dollar to spare every month. You can uh, give us a dollar and you get you don't get any of the other bonus content, but you do get Scott Pilgrim Minute, which is uh, a bunch of us uh, covering Scott Pilgrim versus the world one minute at a time, one minute a week. So it's one minute weekly. And uh, so you get you get you get four episodes a month for a dollar a month. I think a part of me forgot about that part. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I just record it. But we, yeah, then, I right. never, then I never think about him again. <laughs> right. But, uh, but yeah, I've been I've been told by listeners that it's a really fun show to listen to, and that's great because it's a really fun show to record. Yeah, absolutely. So go to duelinggenre.com slash support, become a Patreon supporter today, and we will be back on Monday with minute sixteen for the greater good. The greater good. The greater good. And Sergeant Rock is going to hell. Man.